We turn to Matthew's gospel today on a reading and a, hit a reading that we often read on Epiphany Sunday. It is after Jesus' birth, and this is what Matthew records as what happens. In the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem asking, Where is the child who has been born King of the Jews? For we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was frightened and all Jerusalem with him and Calling together all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Messiah was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it has been written by the prophet, and you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod secretly called for the wise men and learned from them the exact time that the star had appeared. He then sent them to Bethlehem saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you found him, bring me word, so I may also go and pay him homage. When they'd heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they'd seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw that the star had stopped, They were overwhelmed with joy. On entering the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. The word of the Lord. Join me in a prayer. As we gather, O God, on this first Sunday of the calendar year and Epiphany Sunday in the church calendar, we come before you with one request, that you may come and dwell with us by your Holy Spirit, that you may speak to us, mold us, shape us, transform us, set us free from all that chains us so that we might live into the world with new hope and a newfound faith. Change us, we pray. Amen. What is it that makes something official? What makes something official? Is it a certificate of authenticity? Is that what makes something official? Is it some seal of approval that's granted by a recognized authority? Is that what makes something official? Today's Epiphany Sunday. It's the Sunday when we celebrate God's self-revelation to the world in Jesus Christ. Sounds official. What makes it official? 
Is it when the wise men come? Is that what makes it official? We need to know. After all, we need to know when something has really officially happened or really officially started. I mean, you know, it's not New Year's until we see the ball drop, right? It's not the Kentucky Derby until we hear the bugler sound off. It's not a Star Wars movie until you see a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Then you know it's official. We need those moments, those things that we all agree upon and recognize as the official statement, what makes it real. That's what Matthew's doing in this small section of the beginning of his gospel. It's what he's doing. He is making the birth of Jesus official. There's all kinds of things packed into this one little story at the beginning. We'll start with, let's say, the wise men or magi. For them, well, we often think of them as kings. That's what we're taught, right? The three kings. But it's really not the right word. Better word is to think of them as astrologers. That's really what they were. I mean, they were stargazers. They studied the sky and they read all kinds of stuff on what it might mean for the stars to be positioned in a certain way in relation to everything else. So for them, what makes this birth official is the star itself. That's what makes it real for the wise men. So that's one. The next is obvious, it's what King Herod does, it's his response, regardless of whether it's a good response or not, whether his intentions are good or any time a king takes a moment to sit up and recognize something, it certainly feels official, and of course he sends the wise men off, he commissions them, right? So it's an official party of the king sent to find out about the child and come back and tell them everything that they find out about this Christ, this this birth. Again, we think of three kings, right, or three individuals wandering off across the desert, which is also what we sing about, you know, we three kings of Orient are, we're going to sing about that in a minute, but to be more accurate, as Paul Actemeyer suggests, it's really would, would have been more of a caravan with many magi and many servants, and all the supplies that had to go with them for a long journey of what was likely weeks, maybe even months. In other words, a very intimidating, official-looking group. I can't imagine what it would have felt like to be Mary and Joseph and to have this entourage all of a sudden show up unannounced. Probably felt official. (laughs) Finally, it's what they brought in the form of gifts that also help. Again, we can look at all kinds of different scholarship on what the gifts may have meant. Raymond Brown takes the theological approach and he says gold was a gift that was worthy of a king. Frankincense was a gift worthy of divinity. Myrrh was a gift that testified to the Son of Man who was to die. 
That's his take. There are many others. We could, we could spend our days just mulling over that stuff. But regardless of what the gifts themselves may or may not have meant, what is abundantly clear is that these are things that one would bring to an important occasion. In other words, they make it official. They make it official. So what Matthew's trying to do here is he's jam-packing this story with all kinds of examples and and symbols and decisions and things that to help make the birth of Jesus official in the eyes of the world. And he fills it with all kinds of stuff. It's almost, you get the feeling like he's trying too hard. That it is just wants it to be read with complete authenticity right from the get-go for anyone who happens upon this gospel of his, whether by ear or by eye, you can just tell he's, he's trying his best to give it all he thinks it needs, all the right credentials. It's got its FDA, seal of approval. Isn't that, he's doing what we so often do Right? Isn't that what we do? Spend efforts trying to make sure that people know we have the authority to do whatever we're doing. We frame our diplomas and our certificates of completion and we hang them on the wall, you know, as if to say, just in case you were wondering, I'm official. We do that, don't we? That's what Matthew's doing at one level. We spend all kinds of time doing that. And it's necessary at one level and beneficial at another. Spend all kinds of time reading on what the scholars say about all these things that seem to stick out in the story. We spend all our time learning about the, the niches and the corners and the things that, that seem to matter that we often pass over the thing that actually does. For there is one thing that happens in this story that actually does make it official. One thing that makes it real. It's a small little phrase. You'd almost pass by it if you get caught up in the rest of it. It's not the paranoia of the king or the caravan of astrologers. It's not the gifts that, that are broad. It's not even the star in the sky. It's not what happens before they come but what happens when they get there? And we see it when Matthew tells us this. After they spend time in front of the Christ child in the presence of Jesus, Matthew says, they return to their own country by another road. They didn't go back to the king and follow the orders that he had given them. 
They didn't fulfill the original mission that they'd set out on. Something happened. Something happened as they stood there in front of the Christ child. Something happened. Something sparked on the inside. Something grabbed hold of their heart and set them on a different path. They returned home by another road. Whoever they were when they came in, they're different now. They're changed people. God doesn't need a caravan, a commissioned caravan or royal recognitions. God doesn't need a certificate of authenticity or a seal of approval. The only thing God needs to make something official, to make it real, is a changed heart. A changed heart. It's Epiphany Sunday. It's a Sunday when we celebrate God's self-revelation to the world in Jesus Christ. But you don't need me to stamp something on the back of your hand as you leave so that you know that you were here. You don't, you don't need to have a hole punched in your I have faith rewards card. You don't need a certificate. You can hang on your wall. Those are not the things that make a moment like what we're in now real. Those are not the things that make faith real. What makes it real is what you do after you leave. The wise men went home by another road. They risked life and limb when they did that. What road are you going to take? Where's your heart? <laughs>